Welcome back to episode number 107 of the NP Dude. This is Jeff, the NP Dude, giving nurse practitioners a voice. That's everyone's voice that's out there, guys. I really want to hear from you. I want to know what's bugging you, because if it's bugging you, it's bugging me. It's got to be bugging everybody. You can email me, jeff at the npdude.com. You can catch me on Facebook, too. You can just PM me through through the NP Dude. You can tag me on Facebook, at the NP Dude. comes right up. And uh, you can just tag me like that and say, hey, there's an issue over here. If you see something somewhere, just tag me and uh, it'll send somebody to me. If you want to send a message to me, just give me a heads up or just tag my my name personal, Jeff Powers, and, and it'll come right up too. And that way I can get it. I can see what's going on. So if you guys see an issue that's out there, you can always just, uh, just tag me and uh, I should be alerted of whatever that issue is. It's a way to do it too. So it's a little, little easier there too. But emails work great because I can hear your juicy just awful stories of just whoa <laughs> sometimes good ones but most of everybody's got problems usually legal problems and I'm, I'm getting some of that that uh that too so that's fine whatever you guys have an issue with i want to hear about it because uh like i said it's it's important we need to we bring these things out in the open if we can do that then we can at least address it if we don't bring it out in the open and we just kind of suffer through then it's just painful why why be painful let's figure this out together we're at like uh, 1699 this morning. I mean, seriously, guys, come on. One, just one like. Share the show. Spread the word. We're almost at 1700. We'll hit 2000 by the end of the year. That's my goal. And it's uh, November, I don't know, 7th? First week of November. So we've got a month and a half-ish, and we'll be done for the year. So six, seven weeks. Until, oh, my God, it's only like six weeks. I haven't even started thinking about Christmas shopping. Which leads me to the Amazon affiliate link. That was just a nice segue. I didn't mean it to happen, but it did. If you guys are interested in supporting the show financially, best way to do it, there's a couple ways. I've been playing with some other stuff on my website over the last weekend, just messing around. One of the ways is to use my Amazon affiliate link. That's probably the easiest way to do it. It doesn't cost you a dime. All you do is go to thenpdude.com. You click on my uh, website. You go right to that, and uh, you'll see a banner that's for Amazon. Click on the Amazon banner. It will take you straight to Amazon. You go do the search and do your purchasing that you otherwise would have done. And what it does is it kicks me back a couple percent of your purchase. It doesn't charge you anything more. It really doesn't. And I promise you it doesn't. I wouldn't lie to you. I know, like I say it all the time, I'm a lawyer, but I don't lie. It's not the way I do it. So that's a great way to do it. You can uh, support the show that way. We got a huge influx over over the last couple days of, of, uh, well, not huge, but huge compared to what it was. It was pennies before. Now it's dollars. So it's great. It's, uh, it's it's money coming in. Here's what I'm using that money for. To pay for web hosting. I won't be made whole <laughs> doing this project. You know, just it's a, it's a hobby for me. But I want to try to break even. And if I make a little money too, great. But the idea is to share knowledge. It's not really to, to generate a, a income. It's never going to do that. I know that. Um, maybe someday, but I doubt it. I just really do. I, I like what I do as an NP. I don't really want to be a full-time podcaster. So that's what, I'm, that's what I'm doing. But I got all this weird knowledge in my brain and I want to share what I have. So why not? And I can uh, learn a crap ton of stuff from you guys along the way. That's It's a win-win if you ask me. So if you use Amazon affiliate link, it's a win-win-win. We all win. Another way you can help support the show monetarily, I did put a donate button up. I was just messing around with the with the coding in my website, just seeing if I could make it work. And somebody like automatically, like a new listener, bam, done right away. So you can use the donate button as well. It goes right to PayPal and um, it basically gives you uh, an option to pick how much you want to do, if you want to do it on a monthly basis, if you want to just do a one-time donation, whatever. So if you think this show's worth 
worth a buck, go donate a buck. That's a great way to do it. I get, you know, don't forget, you know, PayPal gets a cut as well, but that's okay. I'm cool with it. That's, you know, I share the, share the profits. It makes it, it's a nice little platform that, uh, if you guys want to show, show, show some love in this direction to help support the show, that's a great way to do it too. If you don't want to, you know, waste any money going third party, Amazon's better. Go buy your stuff through Amazon because to be honest with you, I get a percentage for doing something you would have done anyways. So start your Christmas shopping on Amazon. Chronic Attractable t-shirts. I, uh, I'm about to place an order for the first run of them. Uh, I need to see what the mock-ups look like. I gave them a design that I wanted, and uh, I haven't seen their design yet back. So I'm hoping to get those done here before Thanksgiving. I really want to get them. Um, I'm not going to charge you guys really anything other than just what it costs for that plus shipping. But if you guys want a Chronic Attractable t-shirt, email me, jeff at the npdude.com. Give me your size, whether it's adult, youth, I don't care. My kids are getting a couple just because I think it's funny. Um, what I'll do is um, I'll send you a link or a, um, a picture of what they should look like. But until I know what they really look like, I'm not going to post it on my website because I don't want people to say, oh, that's not the exact shirt that you posted because I don't know what exactly it's going to look like. I don't know what images and things they're going to be able to pull up on this uh, t-shirt company. I think they should be able to make it exactly like what I want, but I want to make sure it's the same thing. So once I get that, I'll let you guys know exactly what they look like. But in the meantime, I'll give you an idea what they are. And uh, that way I can get sizes ordered. I'm going to order just like a dozen of them just to start with. But if you guys really like these things, if if you guys want one, Chronic Intractables, t-shirts are going to be coming your way. I'm thinking about charging about 20 bucks. That's like for the shirt, shipping, everything to just get it there. I make like nothing off that. That's just the cost because I have no idea where I'm shipping them. So, you know, from my history of shipping plants and stuff, I know that it costs, you know, upwards of, you know, seven, eight bucks, depending where I'm shipping in the country. Uh, so just keep that in mind. It's, this is just for fun. The big truck in front of me has a wall drug sticker on their, their tractor trailer. Do you guys ever heard of Wall Drug? Wall Drug's out in like Wall, North Dakota, or South Dakota, South Dakota, right? It's in the middle of South Dakota. I remember driving past when I drove to Montana. There's signs all over South Dakota for Wall Drug, and I have a sticker in Ohio right in front of me. That's awesome. Cool. Um, let's get into it, huh? Let's talk about something fun. This is one that's literally going on right now as I speak. Facebook post. What are your thoughts about a nurse practitioner residency program? And I've already kind of talked about it in the past. Oh, my God, this tractor trailer just, like, jackknifed in front of me. Come on, dude. You're killing me. It's one of those, uh, like, house-moving people. The wall drug truck. He's doing, like, a 12-point turn. It's not that sharp of an angle, buddy. Whatever. So, um... Residency programs, and I here's here's the way, reason I want to talk about it again. I've talked about it in the past, like do I think there's value there, and it's a lot of it's going to be the same thing. But the residency program, in theory, is a great idea. I really do like the idea of it, and I'm going to try not to get fired up about this. But when you look back and step away as an outsider, which I'm kind of an outsider in this world, and you look at why would anybody in a company in their right mind want to do a residency program where you see less patients and it takes more energy to deal with you. Why would anybody do that? Are the schools doing it? If so, what is the purpose of that? If it's affiliated with a school, what's the purpose? So you have to ask yourself, what's the benefit and what's the benefit to the employer, this this residency quote-unquote program? 
did they get grant money to be able to do this? In which case, maybe there is some you know philosophical belief that you know nurse practitioner uh, knowledge, training, and skill is important, but they're getting money for that. So what's the benefit to them? They're getting money for that. They need to be. They need to make out for that. They're, they're making a profit off of you in one way or in another. Oh, and by the way, you're working too. Even though you may not be seeing the same number of patients, you know, I saw one the, in the post. I saw people say, "Oh, it's you know, you know, thirty-minute visits or one-hour visits, and you have extra homework and you know reports and things to write up on." And, and yeah, maybe you need that. Maybe your NP program did not prepare you well. I went to a pretty good program. In hindsight, in in the area of the country that I am, my program was pretty damn good. I was super critical of it because I paid a lot of money for it, so I feel I was justified to be critical. And it could have been better. They could all be better. But the problem with the residency program to me is it's going to fall into this situation. Look at the the NP programs that popped up over the last couple of years. Not the not the long ones that have been there for a while, for a decade, you know, with some history behind them. Look at all of the new NP programs that are just popping up all over, that are still popping up all over the place, online, wherever. doesn't matter. New brick and mortars, whatever. doesn't matter. These residency programs are going to pop up like crazy. And what's the benefit of of a residency program? They're going to pay you crap, right? You're going to make nothing, relatively speaking. You're going to make half. Or a little bit more than half. Say 60%. Say you would make 100 grand starting out as a new grad if if you work your deal right and you make 60, 65 in a residency program. The money's still not awful, but the problem is is that they're still going to use your license. You still have that liability. It's still your license. And I think they're selling it and they're preying upon nurse practitioners that are insecure in their abilities, which I think is a false insecurity in a lot of instances. I think you guys are more competent than you give yourself credit for. But everybody on this thread was saying, I would do it in a heartbeat. And I'm like, God, guys, why? <laughs> you guys go work. Start getting your experience through work. You're going to see stuff. You're going to learn stuff. You're going to probably get some stuff wrong. You're going to do that in residency. You're going to do it in practice even after your residency. When is enough enough? Right? That's the question that I have. For me, it wouldn't do anything more for me except pay me $40,000 less. So basically to me, it would be $40,000 of me paying them is the way I would see it. Take the rate you think you could get in your market. 85, 90, 95, 100, 120, whatever your market can dictate. And you subtract your residency program cost from it. And that's basically what you're paying them. You have to think of it that way. Is this education worth $45,000? Is the value of what you're going to get in a one-year residency worth $45,000? If you put it that way and think about it, you're going to look at it and say, well, it's good experience. Okay, would you pay 45000 If I had, you, you had nothing and you said, I'll, I'll give you experience, will you pay me $45,000? Would you do that? I don't think most people would. I think all the people that said yes, absolutely, would, would reframe their thinking if they thought about it that way. Now, here's the thing. Would you get some knowledge, training, and skill and experience? Yeah, you probably will, but you would get that anyways. Now, the only time I see residency as almost being critical is if you're doing something that's almost like a postmaster's certificate. But guess what? There's no accreditation for these residency programs. Not that I can find. So they can say one thing and then do absolutely nothing and use you for cheap-ass labor. 
and exploit you. I see this as another way that the, the system and the administrators and physicians and other groups that have nothing but, but the ability to gain off of your sweat and your back is doing it under the guise of, you need more training. And when, when I think most people that finish NP school don't. Some people do, but you're going to see these residencies popping up everywhere. And it makes sense from a business standpoint. Why would I want to pay somebody 100 grand a year when I could pay them 60? And I'll just tell them, oh, you can just see 30-minute visits, and we're going to make you do some extra homework, which nobody's going to look at. They're just going to say, oh, yeah, that's a good thing. Maybe they'll have a lunch meeting where they talk about different issues every now and then, which they should be doing anyways. So basically, the employer is not going to have a lot of extra work, and they're going to they're going to make you feel as though you're getting something for that, when in reality, you're paying 40 grand for it. It just doesn't make sense to me. But like I said, if you're getting specific education training, so say, say for example, um, you know, I'm FNP and I want to do acute care and I don't want to get the acute care certificate, which in my opinion is a bad idea. I think you should get the acute care certificate and, and actually go become certified by whatever means is required through your certifying bodies to do acute care, whether it's AANC or AANP, I think they have one as well. Whatever it takes, that's what you should do. You shouldn't necessarily do a residency program in acute care because that's not going to count. From a legal standpoint, I don't think it's good enough. Some people will disagree with that, but as an attorney, I say in a court of law, I would crush you for not doing the right certification. I would say you haven't met the standard to be able to practice in that industry. And if you screw something up later, even though the board says it's okay, they're not your threshold. It's a standard of care. So to protect your ass from a lawsuit, that's what the standard should be. That's what you should be using. So the question is, is do, do, are you getting something extra that you didn't really know? Then maybe it would be beneficial. Maybe it would be. Maybe it would be worth $35,000, dollars $45,000 of your money to go through a residency program. But to do it as an insecurity, they're, pre- they're preying on your insecurities, guys. That's what they're doing. They're going to do that. Now, some people out there are going to say, no, I went through one of these. Well, yeah, you now have skin in the game because you spent forty-five grand or forty grand on something and you want to justify that it was a good choice. And that might be tough love. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm really not. But th- that's always going to be that way. It's the same thing with people that get a college degree that are useless college degrees. Well, at least I have a college degree and it puts me in a better place in the market. So that way, if I you know want to go work at Starbucks, I'll get that job sooner than the other guy that hasn't done it. Do you think? Not anymore. Maybe 40 years ago, 30 years ago, you could say that. I got a general studies degree and a bachelor's. I got a bachelor's in general studies just because I wanted a second degree in high school. Well, what are you going to do with that? I don't know, but it makes me more marketable. So they, they justify why they spent all this money of their parents' money or loans or cash, whatever, and got something that wasn't necessarily valuable. So I, I, I don't think that, that those are the people that you're going to look at are going to say that um, with an honest opinion of, yeah, you know, I really didn't get that much out of it, or yeah, maybe I did get a lot out of it, but in reality, you probably would have gotten the same, if not more, seeing more numbers. It's patient numbers is really what you get get used to, because if you see the same thing and you see every hour, you're not going to get that much experience. You're just not. You need to see three, four people an hour and getting efficient at doing that and being able to, to, to see them quickly and boil down what their problems are. That's what's going to make you successful. Doing 30-minute visits is just going to reinforce the long, doing it the long way, in my opinion. That's my opinion. I think you got to just get out there and get into it. The sooner you peel the, sca- the Band-Aid off, then uh, you know, the less it's going to hurt. 
That doesn't mean that, you know, it's scary. It really is. I'm not going to, you know, deny that. That's really a scary feeling. When you get out of school and you're like, holy crap, the first time you write, write for something, the first thing I wrote for was acyclovir. The very first prescription, acyclovir. Or no, it was uh, Tamiflu. It's Tamiflu. It's flu season. It's Tamiflu. And I'm like, man, I, I know about Tamiflu. I've given it a bunch of times in the hospital, but I'm going to read all the side effects real quick because <laughs> it's my license. And you should do that. You should feel that way. And that should never go away. You should never feel complacent or comfortable. I, and I don't expect to be that way. You should always feel out of your comfort zone when you're practicing. And if you don't, if you become complacent, guess what? That's when you screw up. The second you become complacent, that's the second you screw up. And that's when you end up seeing someone across a table in a boardroom with a big old paper that says deposition on it and a person on this little keyboard looking thing, <laughs> stenographer. They don't use that much anymore. Now they just record it. But you know my point. You get the point. Anyways, I think there's value there, but I think that it's going to be exploited. You guys are going to be exploited. And every time we do this and we, we're like, okay, I'll get more experience. I'll just drop my rate by 40%. You're going to basically undermine the, the nurse practitioning um, value. Even with these residency programs, because they'll make it a one-year residency. Well, that's a great way to get people in, but they're just getting good at what they do. Well, we'll do a two-year residency, but instead of making 60, we'll have you sign a contract and you'll make 60 or 65 in year one and get, you know, uh, one patient an hour. But in year two, you're going to see three an hour and we're going to make it 70 or 75. They'll st- yeah, they're still going to be making out. Still going to be making out. One of the problems problems I have with these residencies, if I, if I hadn't heard this discussion, personal discussion, with a person that was establishing a residency program in the Akron area was one of our one of our adjunct professors. And he was bragging about the fact that he was going to exploit new NPs to give them quote unquote air quotes in his hands, air quotes, experience. They're going to get experience while we uh, make a ton of money off them. And I was like, that's just wrong, dude. <laughs> you got to pay your people what they're worth. But people will, will go do it, as, as evidenced by the Facebook thread. People will line up in droves because of insecurity of, man, I just, I'm not, I'm not a doctor. Well, you're not a doctor. You're an APRN, and you're licensed, and you have all the liability of someone that's out there making 180 grand a year if you're making 60 grand a year. You have all the liability. All the liability. Do I need to say it again? All the liability, guys, for making crap. Yeah, you see less patients. I would rather work part-time and work two days a week and see 20 patients a day. Same number of patients and negotiate that deal. You'd make the same money. Why why wouldn't you do that instead? But they're going to help me with stuff. No, they're not. You you, you might get a little oversight for a little while and then they're going to start giving you more reins. And then before you know it, which is less than a year, you're going to be up and running. Six months, eight months, you're going to be tearing it up. You'll know your limitations. You'll know your resources. You'll be cruising. And they'll be making a ton of money off you. Because you'll be billing 99213s and 14s all day long for them. All day long. And they're going to give you extra homework stuff. What do you think it's going to be like? Now, somebody out there, I want to hear from you that's in a residency program. What are the homework assignment crap that they make you do? I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's a carbon copy of the online posting crap that you did as an as a master student. 
So it's not a lot of independent thought here because it's not going to be creating a lot of work for this person. They're just going to carbon copy it over and over again every year. You know, in month one, you do this assignment. In month two, you do that assignment. In month three, you do this. So the first year, they'll make some effort to kind of come up with some, like, online posting questions. But it's going to be the same crap. It's going to be, what are the barriers to practice that you see? Have a discussion with two other people. It's going to be the same stuff over and over again. So I don't find that valuable. That's just a time waster. And it's going to be done to, to make you feel like because you're spending so much energy and time and that it's difficult and hard that you're actually getting your value out of it. And I, I just don't see the value in that. There, there shouldn't be that. Now, if they're actually doing full-blown case studies and you're actually going through them and they're difficult issues, yeah, I could see some of that. That might be valuable. But are those really cases that you're going to see all the time? And if you see them in practice, if we weren't in a residency program, would you stop and say, whoa, this is weird, dude. I got to look this up. I got to call somebody anyways. What are you going to do if you see something weird? You stop and you say, what do I do with this? Then you ask the people around you that you're working. You're not flying on your own. You got people around you, dude. All right. I'm tired of talking about this one. I just don't see the personal value in it. I really don't. I wish I did. I just know that they're going to exploit you guys. And they're going to exploit you hard. And it's going to kind of tank the profession for a while. Until it becomes accredited and it's tied in with your NP program as a residency and it's standard everywhere. I, I think that would be a great idea. I think residencies wouldn't be a bad idea. When your residency as an APRN, kind of like what a residency for, for a physician would be, I'd be cool with that. I would have done that if it was mandatory for everybody. The problem is, is that it's going to be used to exploit you guys. It's not going to be used to better, better the profession. And I want to better the profession, not exploit you. That's all I got to say. So use your brain when you th think about these things. I'm not saying th that there's not always a good program. There's going to be somebody out there that says, this program's great. I've gotten so much more information and I got great experience and we had lecturers and we did, you know, grand rounds and we did, oh, yeah, yeah, the, yes, those would be awesome. But I have a feeling that most of them are just going to be small clinics that are FQHCs that instead of pounding 40 people down your, your, your throat a day, they'll let you see 18 and guess what? They're going to make a ton of money off you still. That's how I see it. All right, issue number two. This one's a fun one, so let's let's bring it up a little bit. I'm, I'm trying to be upbeat about the, the thing. I'm trying to bring in some enlightenment of where I see it from the outside, from the business perspective, and I, I just don't know. I, I want to hear from you guys on that, that previous one. Email me, jeff at the npdude.com. I want to hear. Now, the other thing I want to talk about, somebody emailed me, one of the chronic intractables emailed me and said, hey, talk about some side hustles that we could do as NPs. And I'm like, well, there's side hustles you could do for a ton of stuff. ton of stuff. ton of stuff. So what are the main ones that I see out there that, that people are doing? I see like, you know, it, it really depends upon the economy and it really depends upon what you can justify in your community. And if it's a side hustle, it can't be occupying most of your time. That's your whole full-time hustle, right? So if it's a side hustle, it's going to be something that's quick, easy. You can make some extra cash doing it. Maybe it takes some upfront development, maybe some upfront cost. But for the most part, it should be something that you can do on a rolling basis that doesn't take a lot of time. My two side hustles right now, other than the podcast, that, that's like side hustle number three, but that's more just for fun. Side hustle number two is doing legal contract review. That's what I do. I make some extra cash doing that. Help some people out, gain some, uh, some uh, equity in the community, personal equity. Some people value what I do. That's awesome. That's a great feeling. It's a great way to do it. Somebody says, man, I got a problem. I don't know who to go to. At least I know Jeff. I'll call him and he can help me find the right people. Yes, I can try to help them. 
I also sell plants. This has nothing to do with being an MP, but it's a side hustle. I sell plants on the internet. I don't make a lot of money doing it, but it's enough to pay my taxes. I, you know, it's, it's a legitimate concern, so it's an ongoing actual company. I've got some reasons for why I have it set up the way I do, so that I can take, take uh, advantage of certain um, potential opportunities down the line, like USDA grants and USDA... Um, you know, I want to build a big greenhouse on my next property when I build another house, if I ever do. And I want a huge greenhouse, and I can get a USDA grant to help pay for two-thirds of that. So there's side hustles that you can do that will be like money in the bank. So that's kind of why I'm doing that one. There's other ones like my wife is doing uh, rodent in fields. That's a side hustle. I see a lot of nurses and nurse practitioners doing rodent in fields. I see people doing blogs online with donate buttons. Patreon is another thing you can do if you provide content. So say, you know, like I, I know uh, Chris, North Carolina, the NP Money Show guy. He's he's a student doing NP Money. He said, can you give me a shot? He wanted to pay me for a, uh, to, to do a, a commercial for him. I said, no, dude, you're doing a good job. I'll just mention you anyways. Pay me. You're doing a great job, Chris. If you haven't listened to the NP Money Show, he's got a couple of episodes out there. He's busy. He's got kids, family, school, work. I mean, that kid's busier than me. He's a kid because he's younger than me. He's not a kid. But he's busy, and he's doing a great job. I think it's awesome. He's a good speaker. He's got fun topic. He's funny. I, so I enjoy listening. I listen to every podcast you got out there, dude, and I encourage other people to do the same. So NP Money Show, check it out. There's enough space in, in this industry that I would I would endorse 100 podcasts that were doing the same thing that I'm doing if they were good. If they're providing fun content, interesting information, he's got a couple great interviews. His two interviews were fantastic great information go listen NP money show go do it um, but Chris has a, he was I think he was doing beekeeping commercially at one point in time that's a great side hustle people pay a ton of money for local uh, honey you can put some, some beehives in your backyard you can make honey you can make make you know mead and ciders and then sizers and stuff like that get an a2 ag license which is in Ohio I helped a neighbor do that he sells wine out of his backyard I mean, there's side hustles all over the place. You guys are smart individuals. If you got the time, the desire, and the passion for something, side hustle up, man. It's awesome. It's a great way to do it. You get to write off things on your taxes because it's justifiable. I use my phone. I'm using my phone right now. Right now. I'm using my phone for a podcast that is an ongoing concern that I can write off on my taxes. I use it for um, on-call services for my my practice that I work in. I use it for... um, um, my legal work that I do, I, I mean, it's, there's no reason I can't write that off. So I get to write off a portion of the bill that is used for business. You got to do it smart. You want to talk to your, uh, either a tax attorney, accountant, CPA, all that stuff. You want to talk to those guys to make sure you're doing it the right, oh geez, like locking up the brakes here, fella. You got to do it the right way. You can't just, you know, write everything off. You're going to get audited, but you got to be smart about it. So it's, any side hustle is great because you can write things off. If I travel to meet with a client, I can write off the mileage for that. If I deliver plants to the post office to ship them out, I can write that off. I have all different setups of how I do it because I have a specific reason why I want to do it the way I want to do it. So that way, one day when I have all my little side hustles, if I want to slice them off and give one to my kid that's 15 and say, go run with it. My little guy wants to do plants on the internet, but he's not, he's, I don't trust him with the internet yet. (laughs) I don't trust people with the internet yet. So I don't want, you know, wackos talking to him. And so, um, 
he, eventually he's going to take over the plant, but he just shows an interest in it. He loves growing stuff with me. He loves doing that. So his side hustle is going to probably go in his direction. My other two kids don't give a crap. So that's fine. We'll come up with some other side hustles. They can, we'll, we'll start companies and if they want to mow yards or rake leaves or shovel snow or whatever, we'll, we'll get a company set up. I'll show them how to make a business and make his side hustle into a job. I am tailgating a sheriff, by the way. I just realized that. That's probably not a good choice. He's riding like halfway off the road though. It's the paddy wagon, so I don't think he's gonna pull me over, but he's going like 69 miles an hour to 70. Come on, man. <laughs> don't tailgate sheriffs.com. It's not a good call. <laughs> it's a new website I'm gonna do. I think it'd be fun. Alright, so side hustles. What other side hustles that, that I've seen? They've got uh, the cosmetics, which is cash only, which is kind of a nice side business. Usually you tuck that into your normal practice, but you've got to be careful. In Ohio, you need to be within the scope of practice of your physician if it's an NP-related thing that you're using your APRN license for. So you got to be careful about that. Um, I've seen weight loss, pe- people doing weight loss. I've seen diabetic education. I've seen people uh, starting CPR training business where you do BLS and ACLS certifications. Those all require you to get something done, which isn't that difficult. Most of you guys have done all that. Uh, in the on the in sitting in the seat side of it, but but from the training standpoint, you should probably be American Heart certified and all that good stuff. You got to look into what it takes to do that. But if you have a passion for it and you know it well, there's no reason you can't do those trainings. And then and then all the nursing students have to get BLS. You've got um, firemen and those guys have to do it for their fire training. Um, you got nurses that miss the, the one that's through the hospitals that they work in. So they're constantly asking for, you know, ones out there. And you can make great money doing that. That's a great side hustle. There's a ton of them. It doesn't matter what it is. You just got to find the passion for it. Go get it. So side hustles, I love the idea of multiple revenue streams. I just do. If something happened to my NP job today, I would not sweat it in a heartbeat because I could ramp up two of my side hustles and make enough to eat for the next six months. That's a lot of freedom. Not worrying about having to eat or pay my bills for six months. I could find another NP job in six months. If I really wanted to, or if I needed to, I could find one. It might not be the dream job, but I could find one in a couple months. Not a problem. Would I want to do it? Probably not. But if I can make enough money to eat for the next six months, I could probably make enough money to eat for the next two years. Now, you don't want to not be without an APRN job, but you also want to be smart. You're not going to take a crappy job just to take a crappy job. You take what you need at the time, but but you should always be looking for a better opportunity. And I'm not saying you should job hop, but you should always not... Let me put it this way. You should not be taken advantage of. You should be get paid what you're worth, and you should like what you do. And if those none of those things are working for you, it's time to move on. It really is. So anyways, I'm having fun, guys. This is a great topic. I love the side hustle. Now I'm doing 80 behind this cop. Love it. He doesn't have his lights on. I'll fight it. I'll fight you, piggy. <laughs> that was condescending. I'm sorry. He's not a piggy. He's a probably a very nice man. Or lady. I can't see. It's tinted windows. Anyways, guys, I'm having a blast with you. I'm having so much fun learning from you guys. I'm having a great time. Don't forget, if you're in Ohio and you want contract review, you got something coming up or you're renegotiating, you got any issues coming up with your contract, you want to get out of it, or you just want me to spell out what's in your contract so that you just know what your what your ex- expected uh, terms are, what you're really supposed to do, and if something goes south, you know what to happen next and who to call. 
Don't forget you can email me, jeff at the npdude.com. I'm giving reasonable prices on this. I mean, it's ridiculous cheap. I do my initial consultation is dirt cheap. It's, um, I talk about what it is with you. I give you the scope. And uh, my initial price is for several hours of work is basically my hourly rate. I do what the initial is, and I'm a nice guy. I hate, I hate, you know, if it's a couple minutes here and there, I'm never going to charge people for that. When you call an attorney in an office, they literally play like uh, Bobby Fisher, the, the chess kid. He hits the button. This guy's passing the sheriff. Oh, don't do it, dude. Slow down. Oh, she's not even paying attention. She's, oh, my God. <laughs> don't do it. Oh, here comes the turn signals. Oh, boy. Let's see what happens. I'm not in trouble. Maybe somebody else is. She's tailgating worse than I was. I don't even think she realizes it's the sheriff. She's like 10 feet from his bumper going 75 miles an hour on a freeway. It's not a good choice. All right. But um, when you hire an attorney out in the public, it has an office, he's going to hit a little clock on his desk every time you call him. And every, every six minutes, which is a tenth of an hour, boom, that's another portion of your bill. So they'll keep you talking until that next six minutes rolls over and they'll get another six minutes out of you. So just be aware, that's not what I do. I, I'm pretty easy going on this. I'm trying to help you guys out. This is more to help pro- the profession than it is me make money, but it's time. It takes me time to do this stuff, so i got to get paid for it. Um, don't forget to like and share the show, guys. $16.99. We're one away from that $1,700. I want $301 more before the end of the year, guys. You are the reason it's happening. So I need you to share the show. Tell your friends. Don't forget to give a rating on the Facebook. Oh, my God, she's passing them on the right. She just saw it. She's passing them on the right. It took her that long to realize it was a cop. You poor soul. She's probably trying to beat me to the office. She's probably my first patient. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? We pull into the parking lot together at the same time. <laughs> it would be hilarious. Anyways, guys, um, don't forget to give a rating on Facebook and iTunes. And uh, just have a great day. Enjoy what you do. Love what you do. Take good care of your patients. Promote our profession. And uh, have fun. That's really the big thing. Have a lot of fun with what you do. We'll talk soon.